Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16. Today we're going to minister for a few moments on the topic, Simon's Confession of Faith. We're in our sermon series, Simon Says. This great passage of scripture will encourage you and this great passage of scripture will, will speak to you this day. Let's begin reading in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from human beings. Now, I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. He sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Verse 21, from then on Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. For it was He that would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. As you know the life of Simon Peter, there are many things that Peter did not get right. However, there is this one experience which stands out above the rest. Peter reminds us that even in the midst of our humanness, one can still hear from God and get it right. There are several things Peter is known for, but this statement of faith and Jesus' follow-up statement is probably the best remembered. This is truly a Simon Says moment. The first thing we're going to talk about today, notice in your notes The opinion. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea of Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Now notice what region they are in. They're in the region of Caesarea Philippi. Verse 1 of this chapter tells us the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus and began to ask him uh, to give them a sign. Jesus took his disciples 
and they went to a place where the Pharisees and Sadducees would not be. Caesarea Philippi was a city situated about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee at the foot of Mount Hermon. It was largely pagan territory. It was also one of the sources of the Jordan River. It came from the cave near this city. There was an ancient shrine in the cave. This area was known in antiquity as a shrine of the Greek and Roman nature god Pan. It is here in the midst of the rocks and crevices, its it's high peaks and sceneries that Jesus seeks to disclose his divinity to his disciples. Write this under B, claiming territory. Think about this for a moment. One of the greatest confessions of faith ever made was declared in a place where pagan idols and temples abound. It was the fountainhead of the Jordan River. And it's in this pagan land, the Son of God is is claiming territory for the kingdom of heaven. It is in this pagan land that Jesus discloses to his disciples that he is the true fountainhead, the source of eternal life. Jesus took his disciples, if you would, to the enemy territory to reveal to them a deeper truth that he is the son of the living God. The imagery would not be lost on his disciples. And church, think about this. In the midst of this pagan world, may we claim territory for the kingdom of heaven. And may we do so by declaring his name, his nature, and his kingdom. See, Jesus was strategic and he was purposeful. And may you and I live a strategic and a life full of purpose. There is new territory to take for the kingdom of God. Let me give you a little side note here that I think is very important. This is the same region that the Holy Spirit would later, many years later after Pentecost, would take Peter to preach to the house of Cornelius. It was the birthplace of the Gentile church. It was a place where barriers would be demolished, traditions would be challenged, and a new season of growth initiated. For you see, Cornelius was from uh, uh, Caesarea. And I'm here to remind you that there is new territory. I'm here to remind you that there's a new season of growth. I'm here to remind you that it's time that we declare that God's going to give us greater influence and new territory. That God's up to something new. And church, get ready. I want you to notice the temperature of the moment. He asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They reply, well, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. One writer says this, his purpose was to review his ministry, to clarify his own identity, his expectation of them. See, the question of Jesus' identity had been there all alone. In Matthew 8, they were asking the question, what kind of man is this? In Matthew 11, many were saying, are you the one who who has come to us? In chapter 12, the question was, could this be the son of David? There were many opinions going around. 
as to who this man Jesus was. There are opinions today going around of who this man Jesus is. And I want to declare him to you as he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Which brings us to our second point, the revelation. He asked the disciples, who are people say that I am? What are some of the things they are saying? Because he's drawing the disciples in. Then he turns the question to each of them. But who do you say I am? Simon answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Once you notice what Jesus is doing, Jesus was taking his disciples into a greater revelation of who he is, like a masterful artist painting a masterpiece with each stroke of the brush. Jesus has a revelation for you today. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Do not think your life is futile, but God wants to reveal his son to you in a greater way. You are a masterpiece with every stroke of the brush, the Holy Spirit is painting you into a masterpiece. And there's a revelation that God has for each of us. Who do you say I am? It's a point of clarification. What others are saying is all well and good. But who do you say I am? See, Jesus so artfully takes the focus from the crowds to the individual. This is a gospel for the individual. Yes, we preach to the masses, but each individual must decide in their hearts who Jesus is. I want you to write this under B, a personal revelation. Simon said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. He moved from an opinion to a revelation. A revelation wins over opinion every time. And what we need today is a people who will preach and teach something other than the opinions of man. Church men's opinions will not be able to sustain you when tough times come. But when you have a divine revelation of who he is, then when tough times come, you will stand the test. When difficulties arise, you will overcome. When, uh, when the rains of opposition come your way, you will be faithful. Why? Because you have a divine revelation of who he is. Can somebody give him praise today? You take a moment, look at the content of this revelation. Peter says, you are the Messiah. And that word you in the Greek is emphatic. He says, you are the Messiah. As if it is settled. Peter came to a recognition. Many theologians believe that though it is Peter speaking, he is the spokesman for all the disciples. That all of them agree, you are the Messiah, the Christ. The son of the living God. You have to understand what that word Christ means to a Jewish individual. He means this. Peter is attributing to Jesus all the hopes and promises of the Old Testament. All the prophet, prophetic words of the Messiah, he says, are fulfilled in you, 
Jesus. All the messianic honor that is due the Messiah is due you, Jesus, because you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Christos, the Son of the living God. Here, before the disciples stood the hope and salvation of Israel of all the earth. There were many false gods in this secular region. These false gods were surrounding the Jews, but they are declaring in the midst of that pagan land that you, Christ, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That image we see there perched up on the, the mountainside, that's a lifeless idol. But Jesus, you are the Son of the living God. Hear me today, church. We don't serve lifeless idols. We're not serving fables. And we're not serving stories of, 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 of some man. We are serving the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He can help you. He can work in your life. He can move mountains, as the song says. Here in the midst of Caesarea Philippi, in the midst of these lifeless idols, says the rest were dead and inactive. But you, Christ, are the son of the living God. See, he moved from information to revelation. Too many people want information, and what we need is revelation. Information will only take you so far, but what you need is revelation for your circumstance. What you need is revelation for what you're going through. Listen, I'm, I'm all for learned studies. I'm all for education. I've got my master's degree, but hear me, information can only take you so far. What you need is a revelation of who Jesus is. And once you have a revelation of who Jesus is, it doesn't matter what comes your way. You'll rejoice, you'll sing, and you'll be able to overcome. We need revelation. You need a rhema word today. A rhema word for what you're going through. A rhema word for what you're facing. And I'm here to remind you that Simon says we can have a rhema word this day. That God still speaks. That God not only speaks, but he moves. Can somebody say amen? So just for a moment, let's answer the question, how is revelation acquired? Notice this in the context of presence. They were with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, you'll get a revelation of who he is. In the context of time, they were the disciples. They were spending time with him. Sometimes we just want to come to church and that's it. We expect God to speak to us. Get, spend some time with the Lord. Spend some time in his presence. It's also in the context of experience. As you're walking out your faith, God will give you some revelation. Let's bring to the third point. We have the declaration. Now, I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Get that emphatic, I, I will. When God declares it, so shall it be. When God's given you a promise, who's going to stop it? When God's given you a word, what demon in hell can hinder what God has declared. He says, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. 
I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth be permitted in heaven. The emphatic phrase, I will build my church. What God instituted 2,000 years ago, he is still accomplishing today in the 21st century. He is still building his church. We need to see this as a settled statement. He said it, and he is accomplishing it. This is a promise, and it's also a command. Paul, writing to the church of Corinth in his first letter, 1 Corinthians 1.9, says, God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says. Did you hear me? He is faithful to do what it says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's faithful, and he's invited you into a partnership. He said, I will build my church, and he's faithful. Now he says, I want to use you. I, I've called you. And church, we enter into a partnership with Jesus Christ. When we join the church, the local body, we are entering into a partnership with what God is doing in the 21st century. People say God is archaic, that God's not moving, moving. But hear me today, you are testimony that God is fulfilling his promise. You are testimony today that what he has declared, he is doing. And you enter into a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And together, we're going to go forward in Jesus' name. You are the church, the ecclesia, meaning the called out. He's invited us into a partnership with himself to build his church. And because it is his church, the gates of hell will not prevail. When you're doing God's work, the gates of hell will not prevail. When you're doing God's work, the gates of hell will not overcome. When you're doing God's work, the powers of darkness may rage the, the devil's demons may attack, but hear me, they will not prevail, for God is building his church. You may be tired. You may be weary. You may feel like the devil and his minions are attacking you and are surrounding you, but lift up your head because God is with you. He is building his church. He is working in your life. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus was imparting something to his church. Notice keys. Keys in scripture represent access. Mm. Come boldly to the throne. You have access to the king of kings and lord of lords. You have access to the father. You have access to the kingdom power and to kingdom life. Keys represent authority, the authority of the kingdom. Jesus said, if I cast out demons, if I heal the sick by the hand of God, he said, the kingdom of heaven is now among you. And church, we have the authority of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is about the power of God manifesting in this known world. You have authority to declare the promises of God. You have authority to lay hands upon the sick. You have authority to declare this gospel of hope. Keys represent possession. 
It represents the kingdom is yours. It represents everything the Father has belongs to you. Did you know the word says you are an heir of God and joint heir with Christ Jesus? Oh, we look at the Son. We look at Christ. And we say, oh, how the Father loved the Son. And yes, he did. But can I tell you, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, you are now sons and daughters of the Most High. That same love has been transferred to you. That same love is now upon you. So you have the keys. And keys means you take possession of something. And church, it's time that we take possession of what is rightfully ours. We can walk in a greater anointing. We can walk with greater confidence. We can walk with, with a boldness. Why? Because we've got the keys and we're possessing what belongs to the children of God. Somebody give God praise. I love what Jesus said in Luke 12, verse 32. So don't be afraid, little flock. It gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid, little flock. Because it gives the father great happiness. He, he finds joy and giving you the kingdom. You've got the keys. Possess it. He takes joy. He takes happiness in you possessing what he's made available to you. So Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. But we're not going to stop there. I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you access. I'm going to give you authority. And what you've got to start doing is walking in that authority. You've got to live in that authority, and you've got to minister in that authority. Church, we are living in a world full of hurt people, and what they need to see is a church walking in the authority that is theirs in Jesus' name, somebody give God praise. It gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. What is Jesus doing? His disciples, he was leading them into a deeper revelation. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into a deeper revelation. We get past verse 18 and 19, and often we stop there. But I want you to notice verse 21, because there was a deeper revelation of what Jesus wanted to reveal to them. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law. He's telling them for the first time in Matthew's gospel that he would be killed. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Jesus predicts for the first time his impending arrest, his impending suffering, crucifixion, and resurrection. Hear me. To those who pay attention a greater revelation is coming. To those who pay attention, a greater revelation is coming. In Mark's gospel, chapter 4, verse 24 and verse 25, it lays out the principle of the kingdom. It says, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. 
to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. There's a greater revelation than what you've experienced thus far. You think you're just going through that time of suffering for nothing. You think you're just going through that time of hardship just because you live in a fallen world. I'm here to tell you, God's got a deeper revelation. God's going to reveal something, something richer, something fuller about his nature, about his character, about his faithfulness. I'm here to remind you that if you'll pay attention, there's a greater revelation coming. The Lord has brought you to this place in your life to take you to a deeper revelation of his purpose, of his plan. Of his mission. He's got more than just information. He says, I'll give you revelation. Musicians, will you come? Simon says, Revelation beats out opinion every time. Simon says, Seek God's revelation over man's opinion. Simon says, There's new territory. Somebody's getting that in your spirit. There's new territory. The gift of tongues and interpretation took place in the worship service. Brother, did you know what I was preaching? Did you know my sermon today? Have you seen my notes today? He hadn't seen anything, but, but I want to point out to you what the, what the Lord set you up for. Because there's new territory. I want, you to, I want you to understand that God is here in this place because he's got something new. He's got a deeper revelation. He's got more territory. He's got something bigger, something grander. And you can't rest in yesterday's, yesterday's manna. You need some fresh baked bread from heaven. And he's here in this place. His name is Jesus Christ. He's here to touch. He's here to help. He's here to take you to a deeper revelation. Are you ready? Simon says there's more to what you've experienced thus far. Simon says God's going to establish a work in you and the gates of hell cannot prevail. Simon says you've got access. You've got, you've got authority. So you've got to step in to that authority. Father, right now in this place, I pray. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll begin to work. You'll begin to move. I pray that this word will rise within us, Jesus. I pray, God, that we'll lay hold to that promise, that we are a partner with what you're doing. God, have your way in this place. Let's worship him, church. Let's worship the king today. Yeah.